lights out, and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. Now let's start the show. <laughs> uh, Dad's anxious to start here. Welcome to another episode of An American's Guide to <laughs> Formula One. As you already know, I'm joined by Papa T. Sauce, a.k.a. Tim Lewis. And I'm, I'm just like so totally stoked. So totally stoked. I, I am right I, there with you. I couldn't help you. but mimic that sound. Like that mimic that sound. I was so excited to get this comment on this race get this get this race reaction podcast going for let's beat not beat around the bush with some action yes probably the best race of the 2022 season so far definitely the best race of the 2022 season so far probably one of the better races i've ever watched um i would agree it was just literally from from Lights out, corner one to the end was there was always something going on, uh, and yeah. it was it was quite exciting. Um, so we're gonna do something a little bit different this week because um, this is gonna be a part one of the Silverstone reaction because a friend of mine that I know through work it, it was actually at Silverstone for the Grand Prix, and we talked before he left to go to to the UK. Uh, about having him on the podcast and getting to do like a, a race experience similar to what we did with M last year on last seasons. Um, but uh, what a quite a different race that we had and a lot of stuff to talk about. So I think we're going to, but we're, me and, me and dad were talking on the phone earlier and it's, if we don't do something now, it'll be several weeks before we're going to be able to record because I'm going to go on vacation um, so we wanted to get, and we're too excited. We, we couldn't wait that long to get something, a reaction or give something to you guys, um, for the best race that we've seen this season so far. So we're going to do a part one, which will be kind of an overview, just a reaction, like to what we saw, um, and a moment with Martin, probably we we'll maybe do one in each part. Um, but uh, just a quick reaction, and then we'll get into some more of the deeper detail stuff with Jim um, when he can give us uh, firsthand or, or on, on-site experience. Um, so with, without wasting any more time telling you what we're going to do, let's just start doing it. And what, what, what's, your, what, what's your gut reaction to the, to the race? What was your standout moments? Um, what do you, what, give it to me, Pops. You're asking me to pick? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, we can just start from the jump, I guess. Um, well, the well, you want to go through our usual, you know, quality and yeah. Let's start. We can start with qualifying stuff like that because quality was way different than race day and yeah, rain came out of nowhere. Really mixed. We we went from having yeah. A, a hard time remembering the last time to having a wet quality to two races back to back. Um, and it just, and it, I, I couldn't have been more stoked to see science get on pole. <laughs> uh, first, oh, man. first pole position in 150 races. Um, about darn time. <laughs> and, and I, I thought, yeah, you know, that's a, yeah, go ahead. 
And I thought it was funny that he gets out of the car and he's like, I, I didn't think that was that good of a laugh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> usually when they're, when they're coming out and they're getting interviewed and they're got it, just did a poll lap. They're like, that was something special. That was great. And science was just like, I was surprised. <laughs> and I heard it on the onboard, the radio too. He was, he was, he was genuinely surprised that he got P1. Um, yeah, it, it really seemed like it, didn't it? And I mean, we have to mention that it, it was a max spin or, uh, and then a yellow flag um, that probably kept that the case because we, Max was comfortably, seemingly comfortably faster than everybody else in those conditions and pretty much throughout the weekend. Um, yeah, that's kind of his claim to fame. That's, Remember those races in the past that we watched where specifically that he Brazil knew one. how to drive in the rain. Yeah. yeah. That rain knows how to work it. Um, so that was, I, I was happy to see science. I, I, I'm a no, no, I don't hide the fact that I'm a science fan. And so this overall race weekend was just great for me. Um, but we can talk about that more if that was actually the right call. Uh, as a like a as a decision for the team of Ferrari in an, in a battle for the world title, I don't know if it really was, and and I mean we've touched on this briefly, or or, or not briefly, in some extent throughout the whole season that either reliability or just poor strategy and decision making skills have really cost Ferrari and Leclerc the world title. Like Leclerc should be comfortably, comfortably in the in the lead without bonehead decisions and, um, and and just poor DNFs and reliability. So, but we'll we'll we can touch on that more later. But we have to talk about the crash, uh, turn one. Boy, if that the only the no. only crash that I can remember being that really that scary that I've seen was that Alonzo crash a couple of years ago where he went tumbling through the gravel as well, but in no means did he go over the tire barrier and nearly into the stand. Uh, that's the first time, other than watching the old Indy races, um, Indy, Indy 500 races in the 60s and all that, before they had a better concept of safer barrier and all that, that's the first, that's the only time I can remember well, I suppose if you watch the old ones where, um, oh gosh, 19, well, that was Indy 2, 1955, where Vukovic was, was like thrown like a rag doll. Mm. But um, no, I don't remember seeing any F1 car being caught by the catch fence. No, that was, <laughs> which I mean, kudos to the catch fence and the design of that of the track. I mean, it did its job. No Marshall was hurt. No fan was hurt. Uh, Joe walked away. Luckily, thanks. Thanks for the halo. I mean, do we really need it? (laughs) Like how many lives is that saved now? Cause they had a really gnarly F2 crash as well. Same weekend. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the, the one, the other dramatic crash was a couple, three years ago. Groshan went into that. Well, that was last year. Um, no, 2020. Is that last year? 2020. No, 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 it's 2020. Yeah. yeah, two years ago. 
No, I mean, and I mean, in both of those instances, both of those drivers would be not with us if they, if not for the halo. Like yeah. Joe, for sure, yeah. would not be here right now. Or if he, if he, if I mean, there's just no way that the the roll hoop failed. Um, and I was li- yeah. I was just listening to um the Beyond the Grid podcast, Sam from Seen Through Glasses podcast uh, that he does. Uh, they do a, or after the checkered flag, I think is what they call it. Um, but they they said because they were both there, and they they also had heard that after the race, they went and inspected the circuit where Joe's car was like, you know, you could see the marks where it drug, where it dug into the into the actual racing service, and it was over a centimeter deep. That like it from wore, the halo? No, from the from where oh. the crash hoop landed, and then like where it slid oh. across the the tarmac upside down yeah i mean that was the gnarliest thing is like we you, you just saw it as they cut like going through in the back of the frame you just saw a car clearly upside down sliding fast and man just when you thought like it, it's so funny i mean you might, I, I looked at all, a bunch of the onboards before and after and and then like all of the tiktok and instagram videos of like people from the fans that actually caught it but one thing that's just crazy is like h- how much speed and momentum that car still has, even though it's upside down. And then you're like, "Oh, that can't be that much." And then it gets to the gravel, and it's like still moving. And then it catches that wheel and flips up over the the tech pro barriers, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's still going!" It was still going so fast. Like, I think it. We we. I mean, that's a it's a constant thing that. I talk about on this podcast, but in, in just in general and all week to everybody who would listen to me about this race or the last couple of days, I mean, but is just how fast they're going. <laughs> like I, it, there, it, we get so accustomed to it being fans that like when you have those moments like, like maggots, Beckett's like Monaco or a crash like this, where you actually see how fast the car's going and like, how long it takes for that energy without being the brakes. Like, it's crazy. It was crazy to me. It just kept, like, it's like the accident that just kept happening, you know? That's a good way to, that is a good way to describe it. And the, um, and then the, the way the barriers are set up, I mean, there's this, there's like a stiff guardrail behind what? three or four layers of tires that are all tied together. Yeah. And then the tech but pro he thing. flipped that the... whole thing. But he flipped the whole thing and fortunately landed wheel side, you know, bottom side into the catch fan. Yeah. And then, and then it kind of leaned uh, in onto the halo again and they couldn't get him out. Well, yeah, he slid, he slid down the fence and then there's like this, I don't know, it looked like there was problems. Was there even ten feet between the catch fence and that um, guardrail that holds the the I mean, uh, impact fair, tire? I mean, it's a fair bit, but it, I don't think it's ten feet because I mean, it was really. I think it's just a walkway for like marshals and stuff to get through there. Yeah, but I don't think it's it super like, wide, or else he would have just been able to get out of the car. Right. Well, they took him out on a backboard and everything. Well, I think they have. I mean, you when know, you look at something like that, you just, well, that's you just, just the have protocol. To. Yeah, it's yeah. Just the pro- yeah. 
And I mean, so, the other the other remarkable takeaway from that that incident, that turn one incident, because there was also the Albon portion of it. And when you watched Alex's, you know, he just gets banged around a couple of times by cars and then shoots straight into the wall. You wouldn't you wouldn't think much of it, but he was the one that actually went to hospital. Right. And, and Joe just stayed on on site on, you know, in the track medical facilities. Yeah. And I was listening. Yeah, to, that was. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was listening to the race no. and they said, you know, it, yeah, it's it's not the Joe kind of crashes as spectacular and terrifying as they look from like a, a safety part of it. All of that spectacularness is energy being dissipated. And it's actually more like Alex's crash or, or Mick's crash at Jeddah where it's like you know, fast to a concrete wall that doesn't move. Those are the ones that that are really scary and to be really concerned about. And I, I guess they have those new they have like a, a sensor now in their earpiece that it as soon as it trips a certain G load, it's an automatic trip, no matter what. And I think Right. Yeah. Because I listen to the envelope so, and Alex responds like they ask him, Are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. But I think, you know, yeah. A lot of that could be shock or whatnot. Um, but and then we had we had George Russell just jump out and run across the gravel and go check on Joe. And I don't know if you heard this. Did you see this? But I guess I guess Joe tweeted that there was one of the first flips he had in karting. George was in the same race and he stopped his cart and got out and flipped and lifted the cart off of him. And he's like, George has always been one of the best. And he's like a great role model, yeah. and, and like thanks for doing that. And I was like, wow, that is it. It, it was very Senna esque, yeah. you know, very you know. Right, I was about to say that reminds you of that. Was it? Um, I want to say it was that Nurburgring. It was one of the Nurburgring uh, crashes. Or was it during practice at Amala? Before Senna, I think he's. I, I imagine it happened more than once. But I, the one that I'm, I think that yeah. I remember was from. From well, no, uh, it was during the race. Yeah, actually. he actually stopped in the race. Yeah, and it race. wasn't red yeah. flagged. So, and then he goes yeah. back and couldn't get the car. And then I, I heard that he, he, when he looked at it, you saw him looking at it. He said it was just a rear puncture, and that he should he. He should have been able to get the car going again, and he thinks they could have finished P six or higher. And then he told a marshal, "Don't, don't touch the car. Leave the car." And then guess he yeah. went to try and get the team to come and start it. And then by the time that he returned, uh, it was already loaded up on the truck. And so the race. No, I'm with, I'm thinking wasn't it? He he took that time to go over to Joe. And wasn't it in that time? Because they, from what I understand, they have the ability to restart from the battery pack now. They do. So he went to Joe, saw that Joe was, I'm sure he talked to Joe. And Joe's like, I'm fine. I just can't get out. I'm stuck until we can move the car. And at that point, he yeah. did go back to the car and try and start it, but he couldn't. Or or, oh. or something. And then, but. They, they knew that the session was red flagged. They knew it was going to be red flagged for a second. And then he said he went to the go get to the team and get the team to come over. And by the time they got back, the car was loaded up, even though they told him not to touch it, which 
I mean, I feel like at the point you abandon the car, marshals have their job is to get that car off the track. Like you can't, um, right. you can't do anything. But he definitely seemed like he was being penalized for checking on his fellow racer, which, to a certain extent, I, 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 I see his perspective. I see that side of it, but I also see the, this, the side of the rules are the rules, and you left your car, and you gained assistance. But the, the regulations say you. If you can get back to the pits on your own accord and the car can be mended, you can race. But if you take any right. assistance, then that's it. Cars in park for a bit. You can't do anything to it. Um, right. So that was kind of a bummer because we definitely saw that you could get through. I mean, we saw that the Mercedes definitely had pace. All of the hype and everything that everybody, we, you know, all of us, oh, yeah. people have been saying that, you know, we're going to see a faster Mercedes package at Silverstone. I think there there was definite race pace there there was real it was like one of those first times in a long time now that feels like that we've seen hamilton on the hunt and 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 chasing yeah. somebody down and actually going somewhere towards it um and it wasn't like one of those like big chunk times things but it was a, you know a couple tenths there another couple tenths here another couple tenths you know oh, and it's 2 seconds yeah. now and you know and it, man did that just add to the to the excitement of the of the overall whole race. I, I feel like the great thing about this race is that there was never really a moment where you're like, where I tuned out, you know? Where it's like, oh, there's a comfortable pace gap. Like the gaps stayed tight throughout the throughout the entire race, or something was happening. Like it was either there was a decent on track battle happening or or as if it within a second or two seconds where you're like, I'm not tuning out to this. Or it was, oh man! All of a sudden, Max is falling down through the through the field, um, right? Which, I mean, I know I was stoked to see that happening, um, and I I think that that actually highlights a, a a really interesting thing about the Red Bulls that I think we're I'm I'm starting to gain a glean from it is that they they're comfortably in most times the fastest car out there. Um, with it, with you know, relative to between them and Ferrari, but it definitely seems like that car is operating on a very thin margin to be at that pace. Yeah, because um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, um, Max had a puncture in lap twelve. Well, th- that's the thing is, it wasn't ever a puncture. It, well, it wasn't. No, they that they. He was going so slow, like through the through turns and 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 having a lack of grip, that he said it's a puncture, and they and he went into the pits, but they confirmed it later that it was there was no nothing wrong with his tires. It was because he oh. came right back out and he's like it that, that didn't fix it. It's not a punk. You know the car is definitely broken. Well, something got broke. There was it, some little fin that got broke, and it totally a little piece of aerodynamic you know threat key yeah and and the car and the car can only manage eighth place because of it i guess i yeah i, th- I guess it, it affected it was, the handling it was a part of the floor which channels air into the venturi yeah and yeah. so it you know it, so something I think must it, have it happened for like 20 percent loss of dam force is what i had heard oh yeah now i remember the talk yeah 
but Max thought his car was either broken, like some, but I mean, it, it took his race engineer several times going non-critical, non-structural, only aerodynamic. You can continue, but you got, I got the sense from Max that he thought it, the car was broken. Um, and yeah, it also, that. it also very much, I, I think, I mean, I think Max still drove well, um, a little too aggressive, but we'll get, we can, we can get to that. But, um, it does, it does show that like Max definitely needs the equipment. And I mean, I guess if, if anybody had, was facing that scenario, but they would have, well, they would somebody have, lost 20% of downforce, I think most people would not do well. But I, yeah. but I definitely you so hear you, you hear a different side of Max when stuff like that happens is what I'm getting at. Like when anything is just um, like not in Max's mode or the right mindset or like the the way Max thinks it's going to happen or should happen, he definitely loses it pretty quickly. Um, and, yeah, and it and it definitely doesn't help the situation and. I got the sense that if, if it wasn't for his engineers, he would have just, you know, took his ball and went home. And, um, well, you know, I understand what you're saying. I, I kind of got that feeling, but what did you think about the restart? The, the first one after that wreck? Well, yeah. After, after Joe had his wreck, it turned one. Well, I, they red flagged it and then, um, let's see who who was in first. It was um, well, Max um, started on the softs and jumps jumps Carlos straight away on the first right. Day. But right. I learned something at this at from this race because um, I actually like fast forwarded because I I had to work that the on Sunday and so I, the race was already completely done by the time I got to starting it. Um, and so once they red flagged it, I just went fast forwarded till it started and then i saw that max was starting in second again and i was like what the what <laughs> and i had to go back and and re-watch some of it and and i learned right. that uh if it, they did not they red flagged it so quick which is kudos because that's something that a lot of people were were, were calling attention to the fia last season and and 2020 is that they were there was sometimes where they were waiting way too long to red flag you know or, or put out safety cars or something and, and leaving drivers in vulnerable and dangerous situations. So kudos to them for red flagging the session so quickly. But um, they they red flagged it before they could go through the Sector 1 timing screens. or, or So the only official FIA official order was the starting order so that when they restarted the after the red flag, they had to go back to to original racing positions. Yeah, I heard that it was that um, if if the if the race is red flagged before the pit exit, which is also known as some safety car limit, mm. then that that constitutes the race was red flagged at a short enough distance to where you just revert back to the original grid, the original starting grid position. Yeah. But if it had gone past the, the pit exit, 
back onto the track, then it would have that would have counted as a lap. And well, it's weird that it both didn't it and did count because we actually on yeah. the, on the racing restart the, after the red flag, it started at lap two. Like we 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 went lap lap three was the first lap of the race, you know, technically first completed racing lap. So because they did our safety car, yeah. you know, or a, a safety car lap to line up on the grid too. So it's weird that it both it, it in some ways counted and in other ways didn't. But I was fine for it because I didn't want to see Max start from the front. Because I mean, right. if, if Max would have if that pass would have continued. There was no crash. I really believe we would have saw an absolute Red Bull. Probably would have been a Red Bull one two, or if not a Red Bull one Ferrari Red Bull, uh, based on the or maybe a Mercedes. Yeah, it's hard to there. speculate on that one. That's a hard. It was because uh, you know Leclerc was racing with his end plate off. Which can we talk about that? I mean, we have to talk. We have to touch on the fact that a broken end plate, Leclerc is still faster than Science. And I heard that there was a little bit of setup difference, but that just shows that, I mean, they say that Leclerc is r- roughly a couple of tenths, statistically and pretty consistently a couple of tenths faster than science. And so I guess on end plate, they said there's only five points, which I heard Crofty and, you know, some people really disagree with the fact that that should only take five points of downforce, downforce off. But what do you mean five points? Five pounds? Like, like five percentage points. Like we said, you know how we said oh, that okay. Max's was worth 20% five, of yeah. the total downforce loss. They said that that end plate was okay. only five points. Yeah. That's what their the Ferrari engineer said. But based on some of the, the technical analysis from some of the pundits, they said that's pretty surprising that an end plate is, is only five points. Because you notice that they never changed that front wing. On Leclerc's car to the whole race, on any of his pit stops, yeah, because he was so close to it that yeah. I, and they, I guess the new these new front wings um, take more time to replace than old front wings at like a couple of seconds. That, I heard that too, and I'm trying to remember how, why. It's some some uh, the way that they hang out. It's like they hang over, and it's like a hard. It's harder to just. It's just physically harder to get him off. And maybe that's yeah. to clear the wheels or something to do with the wheels changing or, or, or those, um, trying to get more airflow going into those, the Venturis. Yeah, those, uh, or, or, you know, they have those, um, like, uh, on the inside of the wheel, the hooks to the suspension that curves up over the wheel of some aerodynamic oh, thing yeah. on the inside. Uh, there's just not as much room, I guess. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, but do you think? Do you think? What do you think about Ferrari's call between the Leclerc science drama and the restart? And where did where did you where do you land both personally on that? And then, like, if you can detach yourself from it personally, where do you think? Well, I'm just going to go at it objectively. I I just don't was was Leclerc really consistently faster? Than well, seemingly, yes. I mean, I, I saw him moving up on him. Time suggests that. But also, they were giving science deltas to hit. Do a 132 or switch places, and he would do a 133. Right. And, he, and then there's like, give me one more lap. And I just, 
I feel like the easiest call in that scenario is whoever's faster, let them through, period. Like you're you're doing no good by battling each other. Like that's only allowing your competition yeah. to gain ground on you or lose ground on you if you're in second and third, you know, which in some of that positions they – no, they weren't. Science held it the whole rest of the way. My, my point is, is Hamilton – well, A, if you hear free to race – and you're Hamilton and you're four seconds down and you're like maybe managing tires, maybe you're not going to manage your tires so much anymore. Because they said that like squabbling or like fighting like that is, you know, can be as costly as three-tenths a sector. And yeah, so- it definitely, I mean, there's, there's defensive moves and there's riskier offensive moves. But the other thing is, is if you're missing downforce, albeit maybe not that much, but you're still missing downforce on that one side, are the tires going to get prematurely worn and you're not going to be able to maintain the speed, but then that makes sense that signs would be able to pass Leclerc. So what, what do you think? We're, what do you, we're getting too detailed again. What do you think they should have done? Or are you happy with the way Ferrari did it? I'm I'm happy with how Ferrari did it. I think they, I mean they, they knew something where Leclerc probably wasn't going to be able to maintain. I guess. But did they did was that because of how long they left Leclerc in science and didn't let Leclerc pass science the first time? And was it a bonehead move to not pit Leclerc again under the final safety car? That I well, don't understand. Why they didn't pit Leclerc for for softs, like everybody else? Well, that may have been something to do with the lack of downforce with that end plate off. But I mean, Leclerc ended up eight and a half seconds back of Science. I know, but that's because Science got fresh tires, and he didn't. That has to be one of the reasons. Well. You can't tell me if Why Lewis could come storming through like that, that Leclerc couldn't have done that with fresh tires. He couldn't have held Lewis off with fresh tires. I think he could have. I think that they should have pitted him. Well, pitting him is one thing, but letting him pass is another. Well, I don't letting agree. Pass, yeah, I, I don't. I don't agree with when they were. I was on. I, I'm a science fan, so I. I was completely happy with the outcome of their race. I think science deserved that win. It was long overdue. But I do think, like, you know, the the people bring up a good point is that it is not a wise decision to let science, ha- like, have the victory when Leclerc is the championship fight, can, is the championship contender for Ferrari. And by not pitting yeah. Leclerc, they definitely lost a podium for Leclerc. I, in my opinion, there's no Hamilton. I don't think would have been on that podium. I don't know, man. He he may have found a way, regardless. But I I don't see how Hamilton could have passed Leclerc with fresh tires. I just don't see it. And I think that that was. Well, a, then why didn't they? Why didn't they pit him then? 
They said they, they, they would have lost too much time to double stack them. They would have had to double stack them and they would have lost too much time. But I, I, I don't see it. I think it, I think it, I'm going to chalk that in my brain up to another error. And as much as, and I, I yeah, have to, just hit him a, hit one a lap earlier. Yeah. I mean, what you don't have to double stack them, but I mean, Ferrari's strategy has just been kind of wacko all year. Agreed. So far. Um, one thing I can't wait to, ta- to ask Jim about on the next part is what the crowd and being in that record breaking crowd must have been like and, and just the logistics of that. But when, especially when Hamilton did the double overtake on both Leclerc and Perez, man, I about jumped, I about jumped off of the couch. I was so <laughs> pumped. I, it's a bummer that he couldn't have like held, held that and make it stick, but it also only made for like that last 10 laps after the restart was just non-stop edge of the seat multiple car battles for position i mean this i know at lap 43 at lap 43 i just stopped trying to keep take notes and just watch yeah just too much going on and i figured i'd sort it out at the end or you know when jim comes on and talks about that because I imagine things were going crazy. The commentator was probably going ape. And I did listen to, people. like I said, I was listening to Sam's podcast, uh, the Beyond the Grid or Beyond the Checkered Flag or After the Checkered Flag, Seen Through Glass or Behind uh, behind the Glass is the podcast, whatever they call their F1 thing. Um, but they were, they actually had, they were at the race too and they had paddock passes and they were watching it in the press pen. And he said even journalists were just going nuts when Lewis uh, passed on that. Like they, like there was a, like it, it, they, they, they said the roar of the crowd was like, like you were at a concert and they just announced this, a special guest that was coming out. You know, it was like, well, uh, that's the thing. Can you remember hearing a crowd cheer so loud you could hear them over the race, the race noise? That I mean, that. I you could hear it in through the TV, which was incredible. Every yeah. time Hamilton I don't did anything. Well, Lando, any of the, the British drivers. Yeah. I mean, it was wow. That was something. Um so we had just I mean, the the the, the greatest closing laps and then we have to come on to, to um to uh Schumacher finally breaking his his slump, getting yeah. those those world the, his first uh, Formula One points and getting them in in a, in quite an awesome fashion, if I don't say so myself, by by going wheel to wheel and diving down uh, and trying giving it every last essence of whatever he had to pass Max, the current world champion, and um, I think it it, it highlighted Max's his typical strategy that we had not yet seen this season, but we saw a ton of times with Lewis and we've seen it a ton of times in the past where Max just puts the car where it's either a crash or, or (laughs) they back out. And I, I just, maybe that's one of the reasons I don't really like him is that you watched Perez, Leclerc, Hamilton, Alonzo to a certain extent, Norris to a certain extent, you know, we you watched Leclerc and and Hamilton go through cops 
with centimeters next to each other, you know? And Max just doesn't do that. And maybe it's the lack of respect or the the, the kind of over-aggressive bully nature, but I really think, you know, that it's 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 dangerous and it it's there's there's a lot of instances and I think even Lewis had one too where there was a lot of of non what's the word it's like we don't have clear racing guidelines for wheel to wheel action in combat and it it bums me out that some do it so well and it makes it such a exhilarating experience to watch as a fan and then and then others either just push people wide or crash right into them and neither of which is what I want to see. Um, and there, I feel like there was Max or or Mick was entitled to more respect than Max was giving, and I, and I just it it bummed me out. And but I did like seeing Max re, or Mick really go for it against Max. I thought that was well. Yeah, I mean, he only I mean at race end, he literally was, to the uh, last corner. He almost got him on the yeah. last corner. Right, and then. When they, I think he probably just backed out after that, but he only was behind a little over two tenths, like yeah. twenty five hundred. Which uh... so, and he was coming up alongside a couple of times there at the end on that last lap. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, I concur, and I hope that it really ignites like a real spark of confidence. It gives him a real boost going right. forward. Right? Yeah, I mean. Because Haas can I mean, really Haas, make some moves if they if they can just keep get the cars to finish both races. They really well, are. you know, and they're talking about Haas isn't really going to bring much upgrade until France, and that's race after next. Yeah, so they got some pretty decent equipment because uh, K Mac came in ten. I mean, if, and I think he was kind of busted up too. I mean, his car was yeah, not a Honda. But um, I mean, they can. You know, easily, Haas has got some pretty good stuff. Yeah, they can easily jump AlphaTauri. They're only seven points behind them, and if I mean, if Alvaro Romero keeps doing double DNFs, they could they could potentially catch they could catch them. E- e- also, um, I mean, there's there's a lot of running. There's a there's there's a a chance. There's a, a good chance that Haas could be getting up into fifth and sixth, and should really be up in fifth and sixth. They are probably the fifth or sixth fastest car cars on the grid. It's just getting some confidence in those drivers and getting them to finish the race and stop making yeah and some rely, reliability stuff. But but a lot um, of it's not yeah, reliability. I mean, still, I mean Magnuson, yes, but Mick just was crashing. He's got to stop crashing the car yeah. and yeah, getting in those yeah. points. And you know what are we? We're not even halfway through yet. Not we? even no. That's what's so exciting. Next Mick race just, will be halfway. And uh, next race, yeah, at the Spiedeberg, but um, yeah, I you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I agree. I I, I think, I think, I think we're, I think we're, we're at a point where maybe there's some little tidbits that we, um, well, I'd love to go into some stuff more in quality, yeah, in quality. You know, uh, when it was raining yeah. at the peak, just a little bit of uh, the data. They they were saying that um, intermediate wet will pump 
30 to 40 liters per second. Yeah. Is that right or a minute? No, second. My, and that's like, I think it's a minute. No. That's it's, like 10 gallons yeah. of water. And the full wets, it's over 100. Well, they said 60 liters. Oh, okay. Still a it's so, a and tremendous that's like 15, amount of water. 15, that's 15 or 16 gallons. And I think it's per second. I think it is too. And that's and then when you see that you see the the mist and the water being slung up behind the cars, it, it's that's massive amounts of water. It's it's true. And um, I think Brundle talked about it place. that there were some moments where he said he couldn't like the if the spray gets so bad because they don't have windscreens and it's just a helmet that he wouldn't even be able to see his own steering wheel. Right, I heard that too. That's how, just can you imagine how freaky that is. Oh, and oh, by the way, just driving 180 miles an hour. Through a turn. <laughs> With yeah, cars around. Too. Why not? Why? Which, which actually, that's an, another perfect segue, just like last time, Dad, into what you and I both thought is potentially the greatest moments with Martin this whole season. Uh, talking about what happens when you, when, you, when you get on a curb in a wet scenario. So... Uh, here's that moment. Well, any paved surface. Yeah. I mean, this is this is this is important for drivers like you and me. Yeah. When it's raining and you get the, those big wide white stripes on the interstate. Yeah. There's a whole lot less traction on those painted surfaces. And and you and um, go. Here it is. Here's your moment with Martin. Martin's going to yeah, explain let's, it. Yeah, let's do the moment with Martin, baby. It's one of the best. I tell you, if you run wide onto the red and white curbs in the rain there, you'll take a bite out of the seat, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> <laughs> so, Look at Crofty's face. Quite. I guess that was a, a, a Martin Crofty moment because they, they play off each other so well sometimes. Um, but... <laughs> so so steer clear of the red and whites in the rain and the and the whites in the rain um and stick stick clue uh stay tuned to the to this podcast channel and and for part 2 where we can uh we can dive into this in a little bit more detail with uh our friend Jim and get some some reactions and some and some firsthand experience of what it must have been like to to sit in that crowd for that fifty minutes while Joe was pinned and not knowing what's going yeah, on. Yeah, clearly one of the greatest races. I, yeah, I think I, I think I I will digest it even more. I'll probably watch it two more times, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll, yeah. we'll we'll jump back in. If you guys would, if you want to, uh, head over to the Instagram page or. Um, and leave a comment or a question that you would like us to ask. Yeah. Him. We will have time to like actually see that and, and, and get, get that before we do the episode with him. Um, that would be cool. So, yeah. And, uh, I just want to say thanks to you, dad, for, for jumping on on short notice and getting this out before I, I'm going to go on a little vacation here for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And you're actually watching my pup. So thanks for that too. Um, yeah, we, we, We've got a furry grandchild here that is just spoiling rotten. <laughs> Typical. Uh, no wonder he likes going there so much. But so it's well, going to be a. It, it, no, uh, if, we, if we can't have a real grandchild, we're going to spoil the not. piss out of a furry grandchild. <laughs> so it, the the reaction to Austria will also be delayed uh, quite a uh, 
for a week or so anyways because I'll be not near my stuff to record. Um, but I promise we'll get that episode out and we'll get uh, the part two out uh, as soon as we possibly can. Like I said, we wanted to give you guys a, a, our our gut reactions, our quick re- quick reactions, even though we got into it a little bit uh, more detailed. Um, but we couldn't we could not talk about it. We had to get something out because it's just so good. Oh, baby! Um, and I just hope that Austria and France will be as good, but I know they won't be. <laughs> but here's to hoping. How do you know? Here's the, how do just, you know? I just have a. You just you know, gotta. A, you just gotta keep watching the race. You gotta keep keep watching it and stay off those red and whites. <laughs> yeah, that's a good lesson for everybody out there. It's like be gentle on the painted surfaces when it's raining. Be gentle. Well, thanks for listening, gentle. everybody. We'll 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 get you another episode just as soon as we can. I really appreciate everybody out there that's listening and taking the time. It means a lot to to us. So real uh, groovy, baby. Real groovy. Stay groovy, everybody. All right. Stay groovy, everybody. Uh, Later.